everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is a show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes 15 and 16 of Love and Contract, and that is the final two episodes. Welcome to the finale. We did it! We're bringing... <laughs> I, I feel like we should say at the top, we're bringing some weird energy to the show. We have to record at a strange hour. So this episode, on top of watching the weirdest episodes of a very strange drama, is just going to be extra weird. It's going to be odd. And I hope it's good odd, but no promises. Yep, no promises. It it were, We were just talking about how when you're kind of tired... It can really go one of two ways. It's going to be manic no matter what, but it's either good, we're all laughing manic, or it's... I think last week, uh, we weren't even manic, and I think we went, like, really hard angry <laughs> about the show. <laughs> no. Um, looking back, I'm like, oh, did I go too hard? Was I too hard on this show? But anyway, like... Uh, I hope it, not, because it could go be in worse. that direction, where we're, like, yeah, crying and angry. <laughs> I have so many more negative feelings this week than I did last week. Yeah, I also, I have some negative feelings, mostly about episode 15. Um, 16 was fine. It was just like a finale episode. It was a wrap up there. I, but I do have some stuff to say about that too. Uh, it's one of the three notes that I took. <laughs> um, all the notes that I wrote down, I think, are actually from episode 16, but, um, I, I've got some disappointing stuff to talk about. <laughs> Should we go through your Whoops. list? I'm excited. Um, yeah, let's go through my list. Uh, oh, it's more like it's more like one. It's more like two point five notes. Um, uh, this is actually the last thing on the list, but we'll start at the bottom, and then we'll go to the top, and then we'll do the middle point. Uh, Jung Hwan is the manager's name. We never wrote it down. Oh, we, yeah. we waited nope. until the finale episode. Um, so I did write that down. Um, and I am excited to talk about him and Wu Guang Nam. <laughs> that was and the biggest just... sigh I've ever heard in the middle of a sentence where you started with, <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> Are you? Uh, I'm excited to, um, get some stuff off my chest <laughs> in that way. Okay. <laughs> that makes more sense. Uh, yeah, we can get into it. It's like, this podcast is just like my therapy, um, at this point. For this show? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, um... I, but I almost want to wait to talk about that because because Guangnam has been my favorite part of this whole show. I almost feel like we should talk about all of his stuff at the end or something, or at least closer to the end where we're like, let's end on the Guangnam note. Except I I have obviously some stuff to say about that as well. Um, <laughs> so switching up to my very first note which is literally nothing we can't go anywhere with this i don't know why i wrote it down but there was something inside of me that said it's all i can think about i have to write this down and mention it on the podcast there is a part in the final episode where kong hae jin is standing with shoot uh the lawyer. I have her oh. name written down somewhere. Jung Ji. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're holding cups of coffee. They're, like, standing in a field with some college students. And 
Kong Hae Jin's, I, I wrote down my exact <laughs> quote here in my notes is, Kong Hae Jin's hands make normal cups look like baby cups. They are huge. <laughs> That's my whole note. That's I. I had to write that down. I, my brain said we're gonna want to mention this one in the podcast. <laughs> I'm glad you did because I didn't notice it. Yeah, uh, he's got massive hands, and it took until the very end of this K drama. It was like his second to last scene in the whole K drama that I that he was holding a cup, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> It's really hard not to pull up the show right now. <laughs> Look at that scene. <laughs> it's like, it's also, it's funny because it's like one of those optical illusions because Jihyun is standing next to him and holding the same sized cup with normal sized hands. <laughs> I- and... It's one of those things where it's like, oh, your brain thinks that he got a small and not the same exact size cup of coffee as the person he's standing next to, but he didn't. That's the same size (laughs) cup. You wouldn't believe. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, I don't know why I felt like this is something we wanted to talk about in the finale. I don't know why I wrote it down. Um, there's nowhere we can go with it. There's not, like, some cool critique we can do on it. Um, I do want to clarify, this is not a negative judgment. And No one showed this to him. I do not want him to have a moment of worry about, like, if you are somehow this actor's, like, agent or his cousin's best friend's little brother or something and you're listening to this please don't let him know that i'm saying this because it is not like a bad thing to have in fact i think it's really interesting people notice it big hands are kind of cool i have like tiny little baby hands and so i've always been obsessed with like people's hand sizes for summer it's a weird thing i have it is not a negative review on his hands but i don't want anyone to think that it is one minute that i've got some knocks I think a dog wagged his tail against my door, and it sounded like someone going, okay, come did, in. It did, 100%. I <laughs> feel like I should jump in and say I kind of think big hands are attractive. Um, I, Me too. Okay, thank God. Really like, someone yeah, said it. feels it. like an awkward time to share that, I d- but also necessary to be like, when you s- were saying all this stuff, I was like, that's hot. Um, that's a very attractive yeah. trait. Um, I don't know why I was afraid to say that. Okay. Uh, I am. I, I think that afraid. hands in general are very, very attractive. Like I love, regardless of size, but something about like big hands where I'm like, I that's an attractive quality. Right? Like, like to when someone has like really nice hands with like like the long fingers, but like like the long like structured fingers um, and like very angular it, and that's his hands they're like big and like angular and interesting and they are very good looking hands they are, just make cups look like baby cups normal size cups look like baby cups and we love it we love it i need to go watch the scene again um <laughs> i can i also add okay besides the hotness of his gigantic hands can i also i did like that those two just ended as friends. I was really worried for a yeah. hot minute. 
that they were going to be like, um, also, we're just hinting, hinting at them falling in love. And I was like, unnecessary. Please don't do it. Please don't ship these two. They're the only K-drama characters I've ever not shipped. I ship everyone all the time. (laughs) But these two just need to be friends, okay? And they were. And that's cool. Yeah. I I did like that they ended as friends, especially because she straight up admitted multiple times that she was a fan of his, and they already kind of indicated. Like, I think that was my biggest problem, is if they had pushed a romance with them, he has already kind of done that thing where he's like, mm, I don't really date my fans. That's pr- that's kind of tough. Um, so I'm not gonna do that. Uh, and so then if he turned around and was like, accept her, I'll date this fan. She's real cute or something. <laughs> I would have been like, oh, uh, continuity error. <laughs> <laughs> For this show, they would never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this show's perfect and it makes sense. Everything made sense. Everything made sense. Uh, nothing made sense. No. I want to hear your third note so that I can start my biggest rant on things that didn't make sense. Yeah, well, and we kind of just agreed to talk about this at the end, but I'm going to just tell you right now. Um, my third note is Guangnam's storyline romantically, absolute cowards. Family-wise, also di- disappointing. Um, and then the full note is, family-wise, also disappointing, are they goldfish? Attention span of Blueberry Muffin? Um, I'm talking about his family yes. in that situation. That is specifically, um, yeah, I, that, that was very disappointing. That was a very disappointing ending, but. But I guess somewhat consistent with this show to be like, nobody likes you unless you're rich. This show is only good to rich people. Like, in some ways, they are very yeah. much like, um, you'll be okay as long as you have just, like, a ton of money. Even, yeah. okay, this bleeds a little bit into my my rant that I will have in just a minute, but the scene where Che sung gives him the money, gives Wu Gong-nam the money for that dinner, she's like, you should say goodbye to your family. You should have a goodbye dinner before you leave. And I was like, no, he should not. Um, they are yeah. toxic. And he should not have to talk to them. He should not have to buy them dinner to say, I'm leaving the country because you have made me feel so unloved and miserable that I can't even be in the same country as you all. What is that? And then, yeah, two seconds later, like, you know me, I love a good damsel in distress scene. But for for some reason, even this K-drama didn't quite hit the mark. With being like, the manager comes in and says he's rich, he's a superstar now, and then his family loves him, and everything is good. Everything is forgiven, because uh, he's going to be famous and rich, and this this dinner is comped. And so, ignore all of the terrible things you just said to him about how you must have raised him wrong, and how could he do all of the- how could he live his life authentically and do this to you- this terrible thing to you, and absolutely the most self-centered bullshit they absolutely could have said when he was trying to come out to them and say goodbye before he dipped. And then, yeah, the manager swoops in and says, well, now he's- gonna be famous and his family it wasn't even like they said they acknowledged like hey we've been wrong and you can still be successful and you know like 
even though that's still really wrong to only love your kid if they can, like, be straight and exist <laughs> in a world that is shit, absolute shit, in a way that you've kind of just, like, planned out. Yeah. Um, that sucks. But also, it's like, maybe they find out and they're like, okay, what we were most worried about was um, not that you're you're gay, but we were very worried that you would... Um, we were just scared. We were scared because we know that it's difficult to exist in this, in this terrible shit place. This not good place that shouldn't be the way it is, but we'll be worried about like the wrong things here and not like support you. Um, that would be one thing, but it wasn't that. It was like they forgot that they had been psycho it's like they forgot everything he said they forgot that he was coming out to them and trying to say goodbye to them they forgot all of the like ways they undercut who he is as soon as he tried to let them in on his life and they were just stoked because they were going to know a f their their f son and brother are gonna is gonna be famous so like no worries everything's solved horseshit and bizarre because it was never once yeah. about the money or his life no it was always about him being gay and he's not not gay now <laughs> that's yeah. the thing Ugh. so to be like well if the whole dinner was him saying i'm gay and them saying isn't that why you've lost your job? Isn't that why you're living off of your friend's money? Like, we're worried about the rest of your life just being you leeching off of people. What are we all going to do? Like, maybe them fighting over the inheritance? What are we going to do when our parents die? Are you just going to ask for more than your fair share because you're discriminated against? It's like, um, <laughs> that's another issue. But it was never about the money. It was always just them being homophobic, and that was not yeah. resolved with him becoming f rich and famous. So what? Yeah, yeah. like, you still have these terrible points of view and said these terrible things to someone that you should love and support, um, and you shouldn't have to, like, know and love s someone who's gay to, like, love and support the LGBTQ community, but even if, like, you know, well, benefit of the doubt, small minds, whatever. Um, you should love and support that person. And there was never a question of whether they would or wouldn't. They, they weren't. They aren't. And, and, but they can't even make it about that. Like, they can't even, like, actually sit down and confront that. They have to just make it about, um, yeah, I guess if he's famous or not, but still himself. I don't know. I just, it couldn't have been more disappointing. <laughs> what they did to to that whole storyline was such a disappointment. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, we can come back to Wu Guangnam as a character because I feel like his storyline was more than that. But his family's yeah. finale was just like weird and disappointing and dumb. Just really dumb. And yeah, back to, okay. My rant is I hated that there were three times in this finale where people said terrible things to just the wrong person. 
And one of them was Chae Sung-in saying to Wu Guangnam, you gotta see your family before you leave. Which, no, he does not. They have not earned that <laughs> right. Another time was also Chae Sung-in saying to Kang Hae-jin, Kang Son-jin is still your brother, so you should make up with him. <laughs> he does not need to do that. He just found out no. that the woman he loved was assaulted by his brother. That his brother's an actual predator. And I, he's never liked him anyways. Not, they've never had a good relationship. They pretended to at the beginning of the show, but we knew by the end of the show that the, it was all pretense. So why are you like, you gotta make up? That's your best friend right there. That's your brother. You're ride or die. Why? Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is a really frustrating trope. And like, here's the thing. Maybe I, I kind of refuse to believe that it's like, I think that it is like a cultural thing, but I like, I think it's a cultural thing in a lot of places, including like here. I think that there's this idea that fam like family is blood and like blood is thicker than water. We've all heard it. We've heard it so many times and i think it's like oversold it's like oversold and it's underwhelming because people who like victimize you and others like a person and others the royal you uh, <laughs> <laughs> the people who are abusers and people who who continue to hurt other people who cross boundaries like d legal boundaries but also just emotional boundaries, people who um, cannot see past themselves and, like, only hurt others, they, they don't just deserve access to the people they hurt because they're family, right? They don't – or, like, people maybe they haven't directly hurt, but, like, they've crossed boundaries that aren't reconcilable even for the people that they haven't hurt, right? Like, they've hurt – others and like for example his his half brother can see that and is not interested in having a relationship with him like there is there is nothing there's no rule book in this world it is all just fiction that just because someone is a family member that they deserve to continue to exist in your space or be in your life like if they are hurting people and crossing boundaries and abusing people and in this case, straight up assaulting people and trying to destroy the family actively, like actively admitting to like wanting the family to be completely disowned and cut out of any kind of inheritance for the work that the family has done. Um, not that it, it's not about the money, but still it's like, that's, that sucks. Like it's, there, there's no, like, written law that says that that person should still have access, and it's horseshit that that's fed to us. It's, I, that's my, the word of this episode, I guess, or the words horseshit. Um, but it's, it's disgusting. It's like such a stupid, overplayed ideology that's sold to everyone, but especially people in K dramas, and it, it needs to GTFO. I'm not interested in it. He doesn't have to do anything with his brother. He doesn't have to ever see or talk to his brother again. He should probably report his brother to the police and have him arrested. Yeah, like, I think they said he just left the country and 
that's that. We wiped our hands of it. And I was like, "Is did he not do anything illegal? Because I'm pretty sure he assaulted a woman. So that's that's one. But um, also, he had to have committed other crimes, right? We we have to be able to get him on something. And they're like, <laughs> no, he's just gone. Similarly, the thing that like triggered this whole rant, I don't even know if I would have noticed those toxic things until they were like, okay, also, we get a finale scene with the chairman of Ina Group saying to Yumi Ho, my life has been like a war zone. And this, in context, this is the mistress that he abandoned the second he got a marriage offer from someone of higher status in society. And the woman that he paid for her to raise a child on his behalf as a product for his company. Like, I am not here for this man complaining about how hard his life has been when the things that were hard about his life were trying not to get caught and go to jail for crimes that he committed, for human trafficking. Like... (laughs) I do not feel for this man. And they're giving us this teary-eyed moment in a beautiful cafe. Yeah, I can't figure that out. I can't figure out if that was just closure, but it was closure I didn't need or care about. And I don't think Yumi Ho should need or care about because she's moved on. She's actually finally building a real relationship with her daughter. She doesn't need to give him anything, but especially closure on his own, like, I don't know. It's It wasn't even guilt. It was just, like, self-pity. Yeah. It was such a weird moment, and I think it made me reflect on other weird moments where characters said something really inappropriate to the wrong person. Just a person who had been hurt very badly by someone in their life. And another person saying, you should forgive them. You're better than that. It's like, whoa, <laughs> not okay. You're supposed to be their friend. Yeah. Can't weaponize forgiveness and be like, you have to forgive everyone for all the things they've done to you. <laughs> That's, no, you don't. You're- you really don't. You can, you can still live a very full life and never forgive a, a person for what they did for you. And th- that is another myth that is sold to us, where it's like, to move on, you must forgive them. And it's like, you don't have to do that. You can just move on and know that that person is a terrible person that deserves the absolute least from life. Me and Raquel are here to weaponize toxicity. Okay? Keep yeah. that keep that anger and lack of forgiveness inside of you. <laughs> We don't care. Hold it inside. Hold it inside forever. Keep it in your heart. Let it fuel you. And if if you do need it, forgive them, but you don't have to let them in your life. But, like, if, don't make, don't let anyone make you think you have to do shit about shit with your own trauma, except, like, handle it in whatever feels healthy and good for you and whatever, like, uplifts your life. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this show. I feel like they tried for 16 episodes to have these characters be the embodiment of suffering silently for the person you love, and that's true love. And it felt like they kept trying to talk us out of it and say, no, you need to communicate. That's true love. Grow past that. What you're doing is a little bit naive. 
please stop suffering just so that everyone else can be happy. That's not what we want for you. But then they just did it for all 16 episodes. They did that. Anyways, I thought they were going to grow and change and be different. But literally episode 16, half the episode was one of the characters suffering silently for the one she loved. And it was like, I don't want to watch this anymore. Yeah, suffering silently for the one she loved when no one asked her to, and no one actually wanted it, and it didn't help anyone, and it wasn't good for her, and it wasn't good for him, and it wasn't good for the people around them who were sacrificing themselves to, like, Guangnam deciding to put off his trip because he had to be there for her. And then she had the audacity to get mad about it? Yeah, where it's like, uh, girl... You were in bed for you three have made, weeks. You have made the past, like, year about you. Like, you got to, without consulting him, cancel the move. And then tell him to unpack all the all the shit that you had, because you were that close to moving. Um, and you made decisions where you were like, no consulting, no, like, heads up. The decision's already been made. And so when he tries to do that for the first time, you're mad even though you have made the past year about your whole shit. And he even is so kind about it until the end. He's still like, I, you've been at your highest highs and your lowest lows recently. How was I supposed to jump in and tell you anything about my life? I, I feel like I would have had to come apart and said, you've made everything about you all the time. For the entire time we've been friends, it's always been just about you. So, yeah, I'm leaving. Big surprise. And I didn't tell you because you're hard to talk to. We never talk about me at all. When would I tell you anything about myself? When have you asked? So, goodbye? Yeah. Forever. This is good. Goodbye forever. Yeah, what a gr- what a way to go out. What a note to go out on. Woo! Glad you're out of your depression, though. That's good. Yeah. And goodbye. <laughs> but Wu Guangnam is classy. He's a classy man, so he just said, I didn't know how to tell you. I'm glad you're okay now. I'm still leaving. I'm, yeah, I've got to do this. But then said, no, I don't got to do this, which is a whole thing. It's a whole thing. If, uh, yeah. Is there, like, it, it feels like an organic time to, like, dive into Wugongnam. It may not be, like, the last thing that we talk about, which is a shame because he's all I want to talk about. <laughs> but I am pretty dissatisfied with, like, outside of the whole family situation with how it ended. Not because I don't think that he should be a famous singer or successful in that way in whatever country he wants to live in, it just feels like he got pressured to stay when he had already made a decision for himself to to not. Yeah. Uh, and to, like, move on and to stick with the, like, dream that he had to go to Canada because he's been thinking about this for a long time. Um, and it wasn't the plan to go alone originally, but it was still his plan because it was important to him. And... No, I think that's totally fair, because objectively, it's a fine ending to say he decided to stay. He didn't want to leave. He felt like he was being forced out of the country because he's gay. And that sucks. 
We don't want him to run away. We don't want him to be chased out of the country that he was born in and he loves. But I think the way they framed it was very much like, this is the right thing for his mental health and for his emotional well-being. He wants to go find himself and live his life in a place where he feels he belongs and can try to find love and happiness and acceptance for himself. And then, just in some weird scene, they're like, but what if he became a superstar? And that's something that he had considered. He had spent a long time thinking about and decided that's not what he wanted. But suddenly, if his family's okay with it and they're all in support of that, then he's like, actually, yes, I will do it for my family. It's like, that's not a good ending for anyone, mm-hmm. and I hate this. Yeah, yeah, so he sticks around. And and his friend, who made sure to, at every opportunity, be like, hey, I thought we were friends, but no homo. But no homo! It's <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> This is every conversation you have is so stupid because it's you begging him to do something he like like you said like considered long and hard and decided against and whatever the reasons maybe it was just his family but it kind of sounds like it wasn't just his family like he doesn't want to live under scrutiny in a country that it has proven itself to be incredibly unfriendly to the LGBTQ plus community. So it's like, why would he want to stay? Why would he want to stay? There is no consideration of his fears in the decision to make him a top star. It's just the manager and the CEO going, you have talent, period. That's it. So we want to sign you. So it's You could be so famous. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, and live under a microscope when I already have to like tiptoe around my life around just the people I love. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, well, we're okay with you being gay, so I assume other people will be fine with it. Like, I don't know if their thinking even extends that far, because like you said, even the manager is constantly like, we're okay with you being gay, but I'm not. I would never be. I'm not hitting on you. Okay, we're just friends. And it's like, bud, you need to calm down. (laughs) It's what are you doing? Um, so yeah, there's zero consideration of the thing that's actually making Wu Guangnam want to leave. It's it's like you said with his family, where it's this blueberry muffin effect, where it's Wu Guangnam is like, I don't feel safe in this country, I don't feel loved, I don't feel accepted, and I think that if I became a famous singer and then people found out that I was LGBTQ+, they would turn on me, and I can't handle that letdown right now. I can't handle that betrayal. I'm. That's too sad. That's heartbreaking. I just want to leave it all behind. And everybody's like, what if you had money, though? And he's like, okay, I guess I'll do it, because the manager said that he'll be my friend, and... My family said they'll support the decision. And it's like, it was never about your family or the manager. It's about you. Yes. It's that thing that, like, um, it's like that pressure that that people are put under ab- around coming out, right? Where um, sometimes it's not safe. 
right? Sometimes it's not a safe space for someone to come out and like for people to know. And and maybe it's not safe for their family to know. Maybe it's not maybe they just don't feel safety and it is okay if they choose to keep who they are to themselves. It's like that's totally like Yes, they shouldn't have to. That's a big conversation. That's like a big problem with society. They shouldn't have to. But at the same time, like, what, like, whatever they should or shouldn't have to do, everyone's in a different situation. And it's okay if he didn't feel safe living his life under a microscope, even if he wanted to be famous, right? But he was like, the trade-off's not worth it. That, that is 100% okay. But it, like, we've kind of, we have talked about this, but it's like, if the whole time he had been like, I want to, um, and like, it's like, all I want, it's like, all I want, all I want is this, then it would be a different story of us, like, kind of looking at it, like, you know what, he's gonna, like, face the, like, shittiness of this world to do what he wants to do. But it wasn't necessarily, like, all he wanted to do. He was, like, really happy in his job teaching taekwondo and he was really happy being a bodyguard and he like he's been happy doing other things it's not like he was like waiting for his big break it's not like he was like any day now the the big break is gonna come along it's like it was handed to him and he said i don't think that that's worth it and then they were like oh we're gonna push you in that direction anyway so it's it it's like they've ignored all of the nuance of like his whole character and situation and said this is his happy ending even though it didn't feel like it was his happy ending yeah. and it just it was a wild decision it was a wild decision to go with that I, and I'm very protective of him obviously because he's the best <laughs> character I've ever seen in any K-drama so I want to fight everyone who decided to just like force him into a happy and en- quote unquote happy ending and I feel like you saying all that makes me start rewriting like I always do, where I'm like, could a happy ending for this drama as a whole have been episode 15, all of the stupid corporate stuff gets resolved and we get endings. We tie up the loose end for a lot of the Ina and Kanjin group storylines. And that's finished. And then we have the later half of episode 15 and all of episode 16 to explore some of the deeper, more emotionally heavy storylines that this show set up and never gave their due diligence. Because maybe this will probably come up again in the bonus episode, just in case people only listen to our bonus episode. But (laughs) um, I feel like this show did a really bad job of being like we have an attempted suicide we have an attempted murder we have this we have like three different adoption storylines we have child trafficking we have uh, stalking stalking we have all of these very heavy topics including acceptance of someone who is lgbtq plus in their family and in society and in in whatever relationships they're trying to form in their life. They have all these very heavy topics that are just kind of written in the background and it comes off as so cruddy. 
And it hurts so much to watch them just flippantly address these. And that's where the Wuguangnam storyline lands, where they could have spent all of episode 16 with his family and having him speak to them about being gay and showing their journey to accepting him. They could have spent an hour doing that. They had a yeah. whole hour, and instead we have half the episode being about Che Sang-un pretending that it's better for her to leave Jung Ji-ho. Like, what is that? We have so many other things we could do at this time. Why not yeah. just let the leads be together and have the other storylines resolve in a more natural way? I hate it. I hate it. They left a lot just hanging out. They just left a lot. They just left a lot. They just left a lot. <laughs> they left us wanting. Because, <laughs> yeah. Why? Why did we not have any resolution for the stalker slash murderer? And we got, see, we. I'm just still so mad that half the episode was them going through a breakup. Was the leads being broken up and being sad about it. When <laughs> episode- It was unnecessary. Yeah. Episode two, Yumiho tries to kill herself and that never comes back up? No, no one deals with the fact that she is not doing okay because all of a sudden she's magically okay. Okay, not magically. Like her relationship with her daughter progressed a lot and, and was fairly well fixed by the end of this drama. Like Choi Sung-un was referring to her as mom. Like we, we've gotten to that point where things are, are fairly well fixed. So like, we can kind of read between the lines with that, but we never really confronted the fact that, like, she wasn't doing okay for a really long time. Um, but that's well said. That's more of a subtle writing that I think I overlooked. They did, they kind of brought it back with that one. Yeah. I stand by my other claims, though. They're tackling a lot of heavy issues that they're that did not get the same growth and screen time as Yumiho and her journey. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a lot of extra fluff in there that felt really unnecessary that we could have resolved a lot of storylines. Um, also, kind of back to like what you mentioned about how a lot of this show is about suffering silently and like kind of a call out like it felt like it was supposed to be a call out most of the time but like it just kept coming back it's like they never learned to not do that <laughs> I, it is really frustrating that kong Jin never learned th that he needed to like advocate for himself within his family Choi sung Un had to go and advocate for himself and or advocate for him in his family where she was like all right well you're, if you're not going to do it, I'll do it for you, which is like, oh, how nice. But also it's like, uh, it feels like one of those things where he time and time again was tried, like people tried to give him that lesson of what are you doing? At least Choi Sung-un did. And then, you know, from there, uh, there was kind of like, he, he started forming friendships and stuff with other people where it was like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to live your life for other people. You can live your life for yourself and, like, not, I don't know. Again, like, you don't have to self-sacrifice constantly on behalf of others that will take and take indefinitely if you never set a single boundary. And, I don't know, I guess he tried and his family wouldn't listen until it was Choi Sung-un being like, hey, 
This is a problem. But anyway, it's I, I didn't like that he never learned to advocate for himself, really. Yeah, they never showed that. And I think I wouldn't have noticed until you pointed it out. But also even maybe Jung Ji-un having that conversation would have felt more natural. Because there was mm-hmm. that scene where she brings a plant to his office and his mom goes, I really like that girl. It's too bad she's poor. And it's like a really weird line. But it felt like they were going to ship the characters by the end. And he was going to say, yeah, she's poor, but I love her. And they didn't do that, which is great. I love that they just left them as friends. But I think another way they could have played that is Jung Ji-un, maybe even more casually than Che Sang-un, saying to the mom, does he seem happy? Like, I don't know how that scene could have gone, but it could have been much more informally her just asking the mom, asking Kang Hee-jin's mom, is your son happy? He doesn't seem happy to me. He seems like he's just living his life for you. Which, like, if that makes you happy, maybe that's the point. But I didn't like that it was Che sung and having that conversation because time and time again, this drama has doubled down on Che sung and is the good one. She's the heroine. She's the best thing ever. And I'm like, she's not super good to the people around her. And I kind Mm -hmm. of really, I really, really wanted more of a clean break between her and Kang Hee Jin. I liked that he put up that wall and was like, I don't want to be your friend. I don't think I can be friends with you because I was so in love with you. I could probably be friends with Jung Ji Ho and Jung Ji In, and that's about as close as I can get to you. But I think we should stay out of each other's lives. And I hated that it was like, but if he needs her help and he can't ask for it, she'll still be there. It's like, no, Jason, yeah. leave him alone, please. You're, you're like his first love and he's trying to get past you. Please stop interfering with his life now. Yeah, don't see him. Don't intervene on his behalf. He's got to figure this one out with his, with friends and family outside of you. Yeah. But I did, I will say, in the midst of all this complaining, I really did like the scene between him and his parents where his mom is like, you never listen to me. Nobody listens to me. And his dad is like, I I thought I was listening. I really like that he turned tender and sweet in that moment because he's like such a jackass. The entire series, he's a monster. And I liked that we saw 1% of a good marriage. That felt that felt good. It wasn't like he's a complete awful, awful monster. Right. Like, he still cares about his family at the end of the day. He just is too much of a businessman to be anything except an asshole for 90% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> but when his wife is upset, he goes to comfort her, and that felt like a good moment. Yeah. And very reassuring for Kong Hae Jin as well, where it's like, Oh, see, like, you don't have to single-handedly hold your family together. You don't have to hold your parents' marriage together, even though your mom has pressured you to for the last 20 years. (laughs) I don't know why she's like that, but uh, I'm glad that she's learning and growing. That'll be good for her. Yeah. Do we have any other (laughs) final thoughts? I feel like we didn't talk about Jung Ji-ho at all, which is... 
fine. He didn't really do anything in these <laughs> these last episodes. Yeah, I I like him. He's a good guy. Yeah, I like I like the character growth he went through. There is a part of me that kind of feels like they could have honored who he was at the beginning a little bit more while reconciling that he grew as a person. But that said, uh, it was like I thought his proposal was really cute. I agree with him. If someone. Did, I thought they were straight up getting married in that restaurant Me when too. the way that she laid everything out. Um, so my preference was his proposal. If someone went all out in that way, uh, I would just immediately melt into the ground because being perceived in public is really difficult for me. <laughs> Especially with strangers. Maybe it's too much to ask. Maybe 39 set my expectations too high and I won't spoil it by saying any more than that. But I feel like just a room full of strangers made it really uncomfortable. I was like, you can't get anyone you know to be there. It's yeah. got to be Except like, paid Wong actors. Yeah. Except your best friend. <laughs> you can't get like his friends or coworkers. Yeah. But like if you got proposed <laughs> to and your partner invited a lot of your friends and family, it might be cuter. It might be more yeah. bearable. But if you were put up on stage at a restaurant full of strangers, when you know most of them are like Jung Ji Ho, who's like, gosh, we're all trying to eat here. Um, whoever's doing <laughs> this is, is ruining the atmosphere a bit. Yeah. And you're the one that has to go up there? Dead. Kill me dead. Yeah. Melting, fully melting, liquefied, seeping into the ground. But like, even if I was between the person the holding, holding the, the camera phone, waving the lights, you might be like, ah, it's actually cute. There's a lot of planning in yeah. this. M's here. She flew all the way from Japan to be here. Like, yes. this was for me. It would be better. Yeah. That that makes sense. Yeah, it's the strangers. It's the strangers in the middle of a restaurant with everything. And I'm being in the middle of a bite of food. That was hilarious, but also... <laughs> uh, and I would be like... I would be so... It took me a second. I could see the, like, food in his cheek. And I was still like, is that... Is that his face? And then he started, like, quick chewing. And I was like, oh, okay. I got it. I got it. <laughs> It was funny, but cringe funny, which yeah. is hard. It's hard for us. Um, but that's really all I have to say about Jung Ji Ho. That's kind of where he just he was he was in it. He was in these last two episodes, but I didn't. Ugh, I didn't care because <laughs> <laughs> it's like you said. I feel like he's so cute, but his his character arc was just. How can he become more palatable to society? And it's yeah. like, okay, well, I'm part of society, so I'm not, like, disappointed with who he is in the end. He's definitely more palatable, but I guess I am also disappointed in that I <laughs> wish he could also feel like Jung Ji Ho a little bit. But they're like, no, the Jung Ji Ho at the beginning sucked, and nobody likes people who are quiet. So we're going to make him dress brighter and smile more. And that's the Jung Ji Ho we're going to leave you with. He doesn't wear a tie to work every morning anymore. He's become cool guy Jung Ji Ho. <laughs> <laughs> he wears sweaters with no tie. You're like, Brad, I didn't need that for him. I, I don't know what I needed, but it wasn't 
to change everything about him. Yeah, it just needed him to feel more comfortable expressing his emotions to the people he loves. Really, that was kind of the extent of it. It's okay if he still feels awkward around other people. It's okay if he doesn't, if there's a certain way that he prefers to dress when he goes to work and when he's seen out in the world. That's totally fine. I didn't need him to become smooth guy, uh, everyone's best friend at work, uh, the coolest boss in the world, real, real cash. Um, really learned how to put himself out there, Jung Ji Hao. I, I would have been just as happy with him making a couple really close relationships and still being exactly who he was in the beginning, but more understood by the people around him. Yes! I, okay, but this is mostly roasting the writing of Jung Ji Ho instead of the character. I would like to also throw in a little character roast because... He did, in episode 15, say the line, whether she wants it or not, this is for her benefit. Ew. The grossest <laughs> sentence in history. <laughs> Out of context, it, it is much worse. Um, but even in context, it was like, hey, but <laughs> is this your villain arc? Because it took his ex-wife going to his current wife and saying... He's he said that and he's being like this and it's not good. And we thought she was the <laughs> villain. At first we thought Jung Ji In was gonna be the bad guy of this show. She had a turnaround. Jung Ji Ho was like, I'm gonna be the villain of my own show. I'm going to force Che Sung in to sit back as I take control of her life. And I'm going to fix it all. I'm going to fix it. Yeah. He really took that conversation with Guangnam about being the one to save uh, Choi Song Un. He, he really took that to heart and said, I will do whatever it takes. At the I will burn this society to the <laughs> ground. I will burn my career to the ground. I will burn everything to the ground for her. And <laughs> Dude, no one's asking you for that. Don't do that. <laughs> Actually, she'd not like that. If you... I think if you ask her if she would rather have you be in jail or have her mom be in jail, she'd be like, my mom committed crimes. She can be in jail. And it has to be one or the other. Like, there's no getting out of this. I hate that it's like, I will commit perjury and falsify evidence. I will do anything to keep her mom from going to prison. And it's like, bro, that means you're going to go to prison. I hope you know that. That's the law. And she, I don't think she wants that. I, I don't think she wants the alternative. And he's like, well, we'll never tell her, so it doesn't matter. Then she'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, Louise. Not the best look, Jung Ji Ho. She should have left you for that. But then they have this weird little scene where she comes in and she's like, how could you? And they hug, and I thought it was all over, and then two seconds later, she breaks up with him. And honestly, guys, I feel bad for roasting this show for a straight hour, but it felt like a hot mess between those two leads, and a hot mess outside of those two leads. I just don't know what happened. Yeah, this was kind of a hot mess finale. I... It was a fun show, but it was also, um, there were just, there were storyline, deep, problematic, toxic, important to confront storylines that they just left laying on the table. They never picked up 
picked it up and did anything with it. They used really weird things to further plots that felt less high stakes than the things they were using to drive those plots. (laughs) Um, uh, Which we can dive way deeper into across the whole drama. Um, But I think that the reason it comes up now is because here in the finale, we know definitively that, that, that they don't. (laughs) <laughs> pick those things up. They don't pick those things up, and then there's still some stuff in the finale that they, they're they still working with that it, it feels maybe like they should have wrapped up what they had instead of working on other less high-stakes things. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to hear what our listeners think of this one. I think it's been a minute since we've so desperately asked for listener emails, which... <laughs> It's bold, because we always forget to respond to listener emails. We read every single one. We're super stoked. We immediately text each other, and we're like, we got an email! And then we both forget forever to respond. So I'm sorry. We will try to respond. But I also just really want you guys to email us and tell us what you thought of this show. Are we being too mean about it? Or is it, like, fair? Is it fair what we're doing up here? Yeah, I I would like a gauge on that. I would like to know if... Because people have changed my mind before. We've had listeners send us emails where I was like, actually, you know what? That's my new opinion. This person is way, way more big brain than I am. I've got that smooth brain. <laughs> <laughs> Zero wrinkles on these brains, guys. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> So email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, or uh, reach out to us pretty much anywhere that we've got, like, uh, places you can comment on our episodes on the website. That's playonk.com, plus our affiliate links like Skillshare if you want to learn a new skill, NordVPN if you want to protect your internet presence and maybe find some K-dramas that aren't licensed in your region, and... Blueberry Podcasting, if you want to start a podcast and let us know so that we can listen to it and rate and review it and love it. Yeah! I need to check on Skillshare. There was something that I really wanted to learn this month. Maybe it's just coding. I don't know. There's always stuff I want to learn. I need to (laughs) check on Skillshare and see if they have it. Because there was something that I really wanted to take a class in. Skillshare's my go-to. Okay, anyways. um, Also... We have a Patreon. If you want to support the show with your money and get bonus content, including our pre-ramble for this show, which we we did like 12 hours ago, and I genuinely don't remember, um, but that, <laughs> that kind of good, good bonus content that is blocked from my memory is available <laughs> to our happy award winners on patreon.com slash playonk. And thank you to everyone who does subscribe on there. It means the world to us. It keeps this show going. Yeah. Um, sorry, I completely blinked. Uh, it, the freest way, if, if you don't want to hop on our Patreon, we totally get it. But there is a super, super free way to support us, and it's rating, reviewing, and subscribing to us wherever you listen to our podcasts. If you want to give us a quick hey, we sometimes peruse social medias, like... Twitter, we are at Play on K, or Instagram, we're at Play on K Podcast, or TikTok, we're at Play on K underscore Emily. But I have been thinking of deleting that one because I'm not very good at making videos and it's so addicting. <laughs> I just, TikTok is so addicting. It's so good. 
Yeah, I can't dip my toes in the water of TikTok. Don't I can't do get it, there. Man. <laughs> Don't. It's not good. <laughs> Anyways, give us a high. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just about it. So join us next week for our bonus episode of Loving Contract. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Bye bye.